The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Chris Chavez. I'm joined, as always, by your other host, Sean Fritz. Sean Fritz. Here he is. <laughs> there he goes. And we're uh-huh. back. We're back. We're back. We're back with another high-octane film. Not crank. That's a little <laughs> too high-octane. It might as Listen, in some, we're going to definitely get into this, but in some spaces, it might as well have been. Good Lord. Um mm-hmm. Before we get into that, what's up? Anything new since we last talked uh, a few hours ago? <laughs> this is yeah. take two. Peek behind the curtain. Chris's internet took a dive the second we started. <laughs> Actually, we were, we, were, we were figuring out hold music, yeah. which is nothing that is relevant to anything that we're talking about today or, <laughs> or earlier. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, oh, then we it? started, we started planning out what the next uh, episode was going to be. And then all of a sudden you froze. And I was like, I was literally going, I was talking, I was saying something and I go, what do you think? And then you're sitting there. I was like, <laughs> wait, hang on a second. Are you moving? And I'm like, okay, you're not moving. What's happening? Oh, that'd be a great joke. Just sit here for the whole, the whole uh, recording. Just not moving. Not even blinking my eyes. <laughs> Cause there's sometimes when you, my eye, there's sometimes when you get, you're getting yours. your stuff up, getting it ready and stuff. You're pulling it up. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm watching and like, it's like you're, you're focusing on it and it looks like you're not moving. I'm like, hold on. Did it freeze? And then I see you kind of like move. I'm like, oh, he's fine. This time it's like, oh no, you're out. And then I looked up and my little, my little inner Wi-Fi symbol thing uh-huh. went to that little globe nope. that makes you say there's no internet. No internet. Yeah. Your like, Wi-Fi. What? Yeah, I'll, down I'll, and it was out. I will have to perfect syncing my eye blinks up with yours, <laughs> so, so you can't see <laughs> them. Like, oh, oh God, that's amazing. So anyway, so that's what happened. Uh, we were actually going to record a little earlier today. It's a little later in the evening, um, but we're back to talk about James Bond. Last week was my first time watching a James Bond film, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And we decided that this time we're coming back with the follow up to that one, and to see. All right. Was this a one-off? Was I going to enjoy it again? How was this going to go down? So this episode, we're checking out Quantum of Solace. I was always very interested to meet you. I heard so much about you from Vespa. If she hadn't killed herself, we would have had you too. Are you going to tell us who you work for? The first thing you should know about us is that we have people everywhere. I thought I could trust you. You said you weren't motivated by revenge. I'm motivated by my duty. 
I think you're so blinded by inconsolable rage that you don't care who you hurt. When you can't tell your friends from your enemies, it's time to go. You don't have to worry about me. Restrict Bond's movements. Put a stop on his passports. Find Bond. How long have I got? 30 seconds. That doesn't give us a lot of time. Which is also technically a continuation or part two of Casino Royale of the overall arching story. So in in so you mean like the book, right? Casino Royale that or is it, is the book mm-hmm. called Casino Royale also the Ian Fleming the, the, book? The 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 Casino Royale is the book that okay. Casino Royale the movie is based on. Um, but is this part of that story? No, oh, okay. But but the setup with Mister White and the you know he's in this movie and yeah. you know. Technically, I mean, if you read the Netflix uh, thing, it says it takes place an hour after. One of the things I saw also when I was lo- after watching the movie, I looked some some info up was that um, that this a part of this story was from a different book. And um, mm-hmm. I forgot what it was called, but it was it wasn't even the full story. It's like kind it's kind of like that. But then I guess this was taken. This was either being filmed or written during the writer's strike. So mm-hmm. they had kind of different writers writing this and um, it wasn't something that was a full Ian Fleming story or book, apparently. Well, Ian Fleming didn't do Ian Fleming's dead, by the way. Yeah, uh, he's been and uh, other people have picked up writing. Oh, I thought James he did like, like the whole volume of books. And those are just the oh. books that everybody references. Oh, no, he did. I mean, a lot of them are the first original like Dr. No. Uh, Live and Let Die, Moonraker, Diamonds Are Forever, Goldfinger, For Your Eyes Only, Thunderball, which is which is the plot of two different movies, by the way. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, Thunderball, and then they redid it as Never Say Never Again, which was uh, they brought Sean Connery back to do it because uh, because they had a dump truck full of money. Nice. And uh, they based the title of the movie on a statement that he made which was he will never play bond again oh interesting i don't know i I, i'm i'm seriously interested in watching some of the older ones i know i said that before but i do want to see like the 60s and 70s bond movies Mm -hmm. uh, just because of the era too like i like that that era um but anyway so yeah dude so we watched that one uh oh by the way i also checked out the original casino royale holy cow the comedy uh, the, well it was a trial i checked out the trailer sorry i checked out the trailer oh. for it and holy cow that just looks like a, that's a james oh it is because it was more than one james bond in that film woody allen's mm-hmm. a james bond um who was the other one that was a james bond i think you mentioned him the last time you said it oh um, i didn't mention who the character who the, the guy that played him was oh it's a bunch of different people play james bond apparently it's like what the heck's happening here yeah, is that is that one of the because uh, there was um, uh, there was a James 
uh, Casino Royale was a TV movie originally. Um, and uh, obviously a movie. Uh, yeah, the Casino Royale television adaptation where Bond was depicted as an American agent. Peter Sellers. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Peter Sellers plays him. Woody Allen plays him. Well, that's normal. Interesting. Uh, but anyway, so this is the kind of, like you said, an hour later, it takes this, this kicks off. So let's get into the plot. Uh, this is what Google says, and it's always so short and contrite. And then we know there's obviously a lot more happening, but this is what they say. Following the death of Vesper Lind, James Bond makes his next mission personal. The hunt for those who blackmailed his lover leads him to ruthless businessman Dominic Green, a key player in the organization which coerced Vesper. Bond learns that Green is plotting to gain total control of a vital natural resource, and he must navigate a minefield of danger and treachery to foil the plan. Very, very brief and surface as to what the real what's really going on in this entire movie. Yeah, it's I mean, there's a lot more there. Dominic Green is a lot more of a in the shadows kind of guy, but the plot is very in the shadows too. It seems. Yeah. Um. So we like it says it starts it starts right away like an hour after we what happened at the end of the first of Casino Royale, and this is James Bond speeding through traffic in 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 the highways in Italy, driving the um what was the vehicle he had? The Aston, Aston Martin. Martin. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, same one as before. Well, uh, not the one that he flipped. No, no, no. He's no. Yeah, I guess definitely he's, he's not just that like, one. He just got access to all different Aston Martins, mm-hmm. but he's he's got it right, and he's being chased, and all of a sudden it becomes like one of the most intense opening car chase scenes that I've seen in a long time with guns we, ablazing. We need to watch the movie Bullet one of these days oh. with Steve McQueen. It's it's regarded as like the best car chase ever committed to film. That so I, I, that's always been on a list for me to see, and I've never seen it. Um, and by the way, there are just when we get to it, yeah, there's uh, there's about seven or eight hubcaps that fly off the same car. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few things that happen in this movie where I was, it's but again, Not in this movie, but you oh, know, oh, if, there, on, if but in Bullet, yeah, oh, I in see. that chase scene. Well, but this if movie. there were more than if there was more than one driver's side door that flew off, I mean. So, so this, this car chase scene goes intense, right? Like it's crazy intense. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of smashing, a lot of ramming other cars, causing accidents. There's a scene where like this truck, um, you know, gets smashed while it's driving and somehow has this metal shard sticking out. Right. And it literally smashes into the side of, of the driver's side of, of Bond's car as he's going and you see this shard of metal just pierce the door. And now he's stuck to this truck. Like this truck's trying to veer away, and mm-hmm. it's pulling the car with him. Do you think the driver of that truck was a plant? What he was? We had people everywhere. Oh, maybe right. Could be. Now, when you look back, now it's like, hmm, maybe. Um, but anyway, he ends up like pulling the car away and ripping the door off. And now mm-hmm. Bond's driving without a door, a driver's side door, uh, I mean, smashing into the walls. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know, just 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 kind of bouncing off and like, oh, okay. These guys that are chasing him have, I don't know, they're not Uzis, they're machine guns, some sort of machine guns. They're like an MP5 of sorts and uh, not the Mazda. 
and they are just, and they are just emptying clip after clip after clip into this car. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not one of them thinks to shoot out his tires. Whatever. It's fine. Hey, they might be run flats. <laughs> Those are some beautiful <laughs> tires, though. Um, none of them really shatter the windshield, but maybe, you know, this is a spy car, right? Like this is this is probably given to them by by the MI6. So it's probably super reinforced. We'll, we'll take that. Intense chasing all the way until Bond, you know, overcomes and beats them. He he pulls a gun once and shoots two bullets and kills everyone uh, and then keeps going. Mm-hmm. As you do. Yeah. Pulls into this place in this and, you know, opens the trunk and boom, there's Mr. White in his trunk. And he's bringing Mr. White to uh, meet with M. Mom. Mm-hmm. And um, they call her ma'am in the subtitles. Oh, they do. They do. Mm -hmm. Um, And while they're there, they they start to question him. They're like, what's going on? Um, What's with this organization, this quantum organization? And he's just kind of like laughing at them. He's like, you don't understand. You know, we're just we're everywhere. And M's like, what does that mean everywhere? And he literally looks at M's bodyguard across the room and goes, isn't that right? Dude pulls a gun and just kills one of the other MI6 guys, mm-hmm. shoots towards M, Bond's like dodging, fuck, Mr. White hits the ground, and then boom, we're off to another chase here now. What? Immediately, you're like, oh, here we go. This is not like, we're not going to slow down for this, uh, this one. No, and, you know, this one was a little bit more brief. The, this is the, you know, the, the car scene mixed with, you know, then you have the title sequence yep. as you do. And then you oh. have this title sequence was short. I Let's say that. Okay. Title sequence was kind of uh, uh, the sand. Okay. We got our theme. What was going to be happening when I saw that, I was like, Oh, we're going to be in a desert. We're going to be somewhere where there's sand. Mm-hmm. Um, later or we'll you're talk- creating sand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Later we're Ooh. talking, we'll be talking about the music, but song was a little underwhelming yeah well i mean it was jack white who and alicia keys who at the time like a bond song no not at, at all, all. It, it's it, it's you're right it's underwhelming i mean alicia keys can belt out pretty much anything she wants yeah but i don't know what jack white is a very different type of uh energy yeah granted the spice girls did a bonds theme at one of uh, a pierce Brosnan bond theme Oh my God. I'm going to look it up after this, dude. I'm going to look it up and tell you what I think. It's, it's actually one of the ones that was a big hit. You know it. Oh, interesting. If you hear it. Um, anyway, so Bond ends up chasing this guy down and he ends up killing him. Right. He, what did you think of that, that sequence where they um, fall through the top of that? It looks like a cathedral under construction. That's insane. It's absolutely insane. You're having them hang in. They're doing all this stuff. There's a scene and that's awesome, right? Like there's a scene where they're kind of going around and he's reaching for the gun and he can't mm-hmm. this other dude's climbing the scaffolding, trying to get it. And you see this kind of back and forth. Um, and then bond grabs it just in time. And here's the thing that, that, that got me too. he grabs it just in time, reaches up, boom, boom, kills him. Right. Mm-hmm. But the only one st- shot, but the thing stopped moving, bro. <laughs> Like all of a sudden he was dead still now. I was like, okay, come on. Or the camera just continued to follow him. Oh, straight on. Ooh. Look at that. Movie look magic, that. Chris. Uh so he he heads back to check on on M, make sure she's all right. 
And when he gets there, he sees that Mr. White is G O N E gone. Mm-hmm. Little agnostic front was playing and he uh, got to got to got to go. So That's then band, Chris, so then we're back in London, <laughs> we're back in London and bond is, he went to the, uh, so the, the, the guard M one of M's guards, his name's Mitchell, right? He was her, her guard for however long they're back in eight London. years, this many uh, eight years. And she had no clue. She had no clue. Mm-hmm. He was this other operative. Um, bond decides he's going to go in there and, and search the flat, right? Hit Mitchell's flat. And, um, how did they find out about the contact in Haiti? What was, what was the thing that happened there? Uh, well, they didn't find anything in his apartment uh, or his flat. Um, I think that it was something related to Vesper from the previous, they were tying that in and making this kind of a ven a revenge uh, vengeance type thing uh, as well. And I think there might've been something related to it. Uh, Bond had a hunch and she was not a fan of hunches. She was more of a fan of let's get some information, some credible resource because they had no idea who this uh, business was or who this organization was because he kept killing everybody. Yeah. Which he does again. He ends up going to Haiti. Right. And uh, he ends up, he kills the guy that's in the room in Haiti. There's a guy that comes Mm -hmm. out and they start fighting for a minute, smashing stuff around. He ends up killing the guy. Uh, then he goes down and, and, you know, says to the, the lady, is there any messages for me? And she's like, no, but you know, your briefcase is still here. Did you want us to still hold it? He's like, no, give it back to me. So he takes the briefcase and he walks out. And as he's walking out, all of a sudden this car pulls up uh, and this woman looks at him and says, get in. And mm-hmm. she's, he's just like, huh? She's just like, get in. So he gets in the car and they're, t- she's talking to him. Like she knows him and he's just kind of going along with it. Um, Obviously, she knows she's like, you know, you look more different than I thought I pictured you or whatever it is. So, you know, that they'd known each other in, through contact, but she'd never seen him before. Mm-hmm. Um, she he's he starts opening up the case while she they're in the car and he realizes that what he's got on him is a case that's basically for a hitman, somebody to kill her. And she looks down at it. He says something like looks like somebody wanted to kill you. And she pulls a gun on him. That was a quick sequence too. pulls a gum and a gun and fires like, and he just stops it real quick, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then boom, he's out of the, he's out of the car. He takes off. And then, Oh no, there was a guy following them on the motorcycle first for a while. This dude was following him and they ended up, he ends up fighting them, fighting them off and, and whatever. And she takes off. Uh, did she go to, Oh she yeah. Went yeah, back yeah. She to, drives, to she drives off to this thing. Yeah. She drives off mm-hmm. to this like port area side where there's a warehouse and, um, the dude lets her in and she, she walks her way. And now we meet Dominic green. She goes up to mm-hmm. green and he's like, Oh, well, I guess you're alive. <laughs> so mm-hmm. now we know who, who wanted her dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically you could tell that, you know, that he's like, you know, well, since you are alive, I'm going to keep you around. I will, I would have missed you. Blah, blah, blah. We start to realize that there's this dude is, is, is a no good kind of a guy. Like he's, he's obviously kind of a, a, a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knows that this girl, this girl, is only using him because she's trying to get to the general. There's this general in Bolivia, in Bolivia that's trying to overthrow it, right? The, the, the government. And he's friends with Green. And she's trying to get close to him. Green thinks it's because she's trying to like get in there and get in with the power. This whole time, this whole interchange is going down. And we kind of under, like see 
this play out through conversation and watching the general out on the boat. We're watching James Bond in the distance. You know, he's watching this go down. He's he's seeing this happen. He approaches the the gate and says, "Here, give this to whatever." And it's a card for I forgot what it was. It's like um, it was a it was a like an import export business. It was a cover to call like him and. And, you know, it goes to a, a, a proper voicemail as opposed to, hi, this is James Bond. I'm a secret agent with MI6. I love uh, this. <laughs> this, is, this is for phone or pleasure or for fun. Leave a message <laughs> when the tone is done. Right. I love how it's like, obviously, it's a spy phone, right? He gets the call. He sees that it's coming in. He sets it so that that messaging system comes up, right? They listen if to only, him, And he's only, tracking them. Yeah. But it, it, and it was encrypted. But if only... It started with like, oh, hey, where's the call coming from? Let's track it. Start with a satellite image. Zoom in, pixelate, zoom in, pixelate. (laughs) (laughs) But it is pretty dope. Some of the some of the um, the 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 computerized stuff that they have going on in in this film on a Um, 2008 cell phone. Oh, right. Exactly. Like, Mm -hmm. can you imagine? Uh, This is like the year before iPhones, I think maybe two. Wow. Wow. That's cool. So they, they call it to see who it is. They see that it is the import export business. And what he's really doing is he's tracking their phone. As soon as they call him now, he's got a mm-hmm. signal on them and he can follow them around. Um, he sees the, uh, the general's boat approach the, the, the docks the general comes out and says hello to, you know, green, they're talking, blah, blah, blah. And he introduces him to what's this girl's name, by the way, the girl that um, uh, Camille uh, Camille. Um, I, yeah, I think he uh, doesn't bond phone MI6 and get information. You know, he's like, look up Dominic Green because, you know, oh, that's some, yeah, it's like yeah. saying, look up John Smith. Yeah, he's like, well, we got a couple hits here, you know, but it narrows it down pretty quickly. He's like, here's a picture. I just texted to you. And yeah, he's like, that's him. Yeah. So then his, his interest <laughs> is peaked, uh, especially once the general shows up. He's like, oh, yeah. What bad guy business is. Bit. look at this bad guy looking bad guy is going to bad guy about right exactly exactly and exactly mm-hmm. um so what ends up happening is um camille meets the general and he says you know why don't you come on my boat so she goes on the boat a quick flashback to mi6 and we have m asking what's the guy's name that's her that's her the, the little side guy there i forgot his name now her her um her helper guy in the office yeah yeah uh that is buddy let's just pretend his name is buddy (laughs) buddy the elf so she says to buddy the elf she's just like um do me a favor and call our call our friends call our cousins Uh, across the pond bill tanner by the way tanner uh call call them and check in on this if they have any interest in this guy like what's going on right so he calls and we get two cia operatives one of them being uh hooper from stranger things i was wondering if you recognized him being all white meat baby face yeah dude not angry (laughs) And then the other one is our dude. Um, what's his name? Uh, Felix. Felix that we met in Casino Royale. And mm-hmm. they're like, do you know this guy? And they're listening. They're like, yeah, you know, doesn't ring a bell. Nah, we don't, you know, nothing going on here. Um, no, no. First they call. Right. And it's like the the little operator answers. And she's like, yeah. oh, let me patch you over to because they're in South America somewhere. Mm-hmm. She patches him over. So then. um they get off the phone with them and M's like, yeah, something's going on. This guy's re- he's moved up to the top of our list of interest too now. And Tanner's like, well, what do you mean? They said that they, she goes, well, listen, why would they have a, you know, why would she know exactly who to send me to, to discuss this? You know, they obviously have him on their radar. So 
We now it, find out CIA clever. has him. That's a clever drawing a conclusion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. So we're back at 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 Camille being on the boat, and uh, as as they're going off, something happens. Doesn't she like something sets it off to make Bond want to chase them and and go after them? Well, she gets oh. on the boat with the Colonel, and he's interested more in what Dominic Green's all about, oh, if I remember right. correctly. So he's yeah. Yeah, so he decides he's going to go after her, and he does this crazy riding his motorcycle onto boats, and then running across boats, and and we just get these. There's so many crazy just action action sequences in this in this film, like the sequences themselves. Um, but he ends up, you know, getting over, bringing, getting to the boat and grabbing her, jumping into another boat and taking off. And they're like, the general's like, get them, you know, go get them. And so now we've got bad guys on boats chasing Bond on a boat. Now we have, instead of a car chase scene, we have a boat chase scene. We got a lot of vehicle chasing scenes in this film, so get ready. Uh, but this mm-hmm. is an intricate, you know, speedboat waterway chase scene. We got a lot of smashing into other boats. We got, you know, shooting, crazy shooting happening. Um, there's a moment where, the bad guy's boat or raft or whatever it is kind of comes up behind bond's boat and jumps on top of it, knocks out Camille. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is sick. Bond grabs a, the, the, um, anchor, gra- you know, drops it onto their boat and pulls it off and like literally flips that boat off. It was insane. Uh-huh. That's uh, physics, I suppose. <laughs> so he, he's, he's off, he takes off and, um, He's take he he takes he gets off the boat with Camille right at at this little harbor in in Haiti and there's you know there's these people that are welcoming people to the harbor because there's all these kind of like tourist boats coming through and all this mm-hmm. and people are are walking on 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 island and he's carrying Camille puts her in the guy's hands and goes she's seasick and just walks off mm-hmm. it just keeps going yeah there's I mean it's 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 also dense it's it's an hour forty five but like. Yeah. There's there is a lot that happens here. Oh, there's the scene where um where where Green, Mr. Green, which let me ask you something. Is that a thing? Is the next villain like another color? Because we had Mr. White, now we have Mr. Green. Are the quantum guys all like the the bigger guys all colored? I don't you want to rephrase that? Color based names. <laughs> Mr. Brown uh, next. Uh Mr. Brown Pants. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. I don't believe that's the case. So Mr. Green's going to this performance. It's this like high end opera, right? Uh, Bond's following him there. Um, he ends up finding one of these kind of guys that's with with this quantum group, and he knocks him out and takes his earpiece so he can hear what's going on, right? And basically, at this opera is or whatever this performance is, is where a lot of these high ranking of people in this the world. Um, are meeting because they're a part of this quantum group, this secret society of people who influence what's happening right uh, on the world level. So he's there, he's listening to them all talk because they're all sitting all interspersed throughout the place. And that's just how they're communicating. They just meet at this way to, uh, at this place. And um, while they're, you can, he's, they're literally saying what's happening. He starts taking pictures of them sending them off to, to MI6 and getting the information that these are, you know, this is who these people are. So, uh, he lets them know he's listening. He's just like, Oh, I don't know if that's a good idea, everybody. And they're all just start freaking out. They're like, Oh, (laughs) Jesus shit. Uh, we need to get out of here. All of a sudden, all around the opera, all around the the crowd, you see people just kind of standing up with their wives and leaving. They're all rushing out of there. And, uh, 
he's just like, yeah, uh, I, I hear everything you're doing and everything you're saying. Uh, meanwhile, kind of blows up his spot though, too, at the same time. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, there's a, with the CIA, we've got, um, we've got Hopper and Felix, um, talking to their, their superiors. Basically the idea here is that the American government is going to support, uh, Mr. Green's push for this general to have a coup in Bolivia. Right. And they're doing that because they know Mr. Green's going to be getting access to this big chunk of desert in Bolivia, which I got to tell you, I didn't realize Bolivia had a desert. I don't know why, but I don't really think of deserts when I think of South America. Isn't that weird. Yeah. I, I mean, unless it, well, part of it was that they were destabilizing the the country based on, you know, removing a lot of resources Politics, from, yeah. from the people, you know, specifically water and yeah. therefore creating the need and quite possibly uh, not a scorched earth type thing. And I, you know, no different than idiocracy. Mm -hmm. I can make plants grow yeah, magically, yeah. but Mountain you know, Duke. but <laughs> Brano, that's what plants <laughs> need, but you know, but at the same time, you know, destabilizing everything in, in the business or in the, in the country. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, no confidence vote of the, uh, the regime is, is the end game. And, and you yeah. know, and, and so, so that's really what, you know, it, maybe that's what created the desert to yeah. your point. But the idea, the idea here is that because green's going to be getting this big chunk of desert, the Americans are thinking there's gotta be oil under there. Right. And if we work and support with them, then we'll get access to that oil, which again, a lot of that is, is kind of commentary on this movie is that the reliance of oil, um, Britain and America's reliance on oil, basically the world's reliance on oil and how like, you know, it's hard to get and, and China and, and America basically monopolize a lot of the world's oil and, and, and grab it. You know what I mean? Um, and there's not much left for some of these other countries. Well, they even um, called out something extremely topical was saying that Russia was, you know, one finicky. of the strongholds of yeah. oil yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So, so we find out that our CIA operatives are actually okay with this and, um, that they are it, obviously they were lying to MI6 when they said that they didn't care much about them. Mm -hmm. Um, meanwhile, while, while bond is, is, you know, everybody's leaving the opera. One of these guys, um, comes up against bond. Right. And he, he initially, this was his problem. Everybody he came up against, he kept killing. And M's mm -hmm. like, you need to stop killing people because we need to talk to them. Like when you get somebody, keep them alive so we can ask questions and get information. He's just like, okay, fine. So while he's leaving, he gets, you know, face to face with one of these bad guys and he's holding them over this thing and he's almost going to kill him. Right. And he doesn't, he drops him, falls on the car, but he's alive, which, which would kill you by the way. Well, yeah, it would, I guess. Right. But I guess it was the way he fell. It was a perfect fall. He was still alive. And he took he kinda... a flatback bump onto a car from 30 feet. <laughs> hey, Foley's taken worse. Oh, uh, that's yeah. Yeah. It, it, but they did break him in half. Yes. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> he, um, the guys rolls over and looks through the windshield and it ends up being the car of, of Dominic green. Right. And he says, is that one of ours? And he's like, no, he's not. And he goes, then why is he looking at me? He's covering his face. He like, he don't let him look at me. Like what the hell kind of like arrogant, 
like narcissistic crap is that <laughs> yeah he doesn't want to be identified right like but he had I'm, some... I'm gonna start using that at work you don't report to me don't look in my my general direction <laughs> Why are you even looking at me <laughs> yeah uh they end up plugging him they shoot him and they take off bond takes the heat for that yeah we because we find out he was a special branch bodyguard working for quantum uh and he was an advisor up to the british prime minister um, mm-hmm. He was well, he was working for the guy Haynes, who's an advisor to British Prime Minister. So now it looks like Bond killed this bodyguard of the guy that's uh, you know friends with the Prime Minister. He goes back to his hotel and M's waiting there, and she's just like, "What are you doing? Like, do you know what you did? You are no longer. Uh, you need to come in." And he's like, "I'm not coming in." Uh, no, she's not there yet. He calls him. They're talking on the phone. And she says, you know, what the hell did you do? He says, no, I didn't do it. I didn't kill him. She's like, you need to come in. He's like, I'm not coming in. I got things to do. So she's just like, you know what? He, he hangs up the phone. She goes, cancel his credit cards, cancel his passport. And, uh, ouch, by the way. Yeah. Um, bond tries to head out to, he's trying to go back to Italy because he's going to go meet up with Renee Mathis, who from the first one, we found out that he was kind of working with Lashif and giving away some information and double crossing. At least that's how it comes across. In this one, it was proven that that was a setup and he was not working with Lashif. Um, so he's trying to get out there to meet with Mathis. And that's when he finds his credit cards and all that stuff had been uh, taken. You know, he, he realizes mm-hmm. that M's not playing games. So he's like, screw this. I'm going anyway. So he ends up making it to Bolivia. He got he got enemy of enemy of the state. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he gets there, he meets Fields. There's this woman that shows up now that says that she's there to meet him at the airport and turn him right back around, that he is not to continue. And um, he's like, yeah, that's not happening. Um, why don't you come with me? <laughs> and he just does has his way with her. She's just like, I hate myself for this, but he seduces mm. her. Right. Um we did see him meet with Mathis and Mathis say, you know, uh, I hope you, you know, you knew that, that you forgive me, blah, blah, blah. I hope you knew Vesper loved you. She sacrificed herself for you. Um, and he just wants to know like who these people are. He's showing pictures of, of some of the high ranking quantum people. And he's like, Oh, I know this person. I know that person later on after bond and, and fields had a, a little romp in the room. Uh, Mathis calls him up and says, Hey, I've got tickets for you to hit this party. And this is the party that, um, green is holding. It's a fundraising party. And this is how you can go and get to him. So bond and fields go to this party, right? And while he's at the party, they see, they see green walking around and talking to people. They see green giving this big speech about, you know, the, the, the environment and, you know, the need for water and the need for taking care of all this stuff. And he's hoping that all of these rich people there will help donate to their cause. And so that's happening. Camille shows up, right. And she wants to, to kind of go and, and give green a piece of her mind. And this is where he's uh, he kind of threatens to throw her off the building and bond just straight up comes up to him. Now it's like, yo, what's up, dude. (laughs) (laughs) And green's like, okay, okay. Uh, I see what you're doing here. Bond ends up taking Camille away and uh, Fields sticks, stays behind to go, to go talk to, to, to kind of, I'm assuming to, to um, distract green, right? Pull him away as Camille and Bond are leaving. They realize we're being chased by the cops 
So there, the cops are after him. They two two motorcycles. They pull over. Cops ask him to get out, and Bond's just like, "All right, I know that these guys work for Quantum. You know, betcha." And then he goes, uh, "All right, well, what do you guys want?" And they're like, "Open the trunk." And he's like, "Now, why would you want me to do that?" <laughs> Obviously, right? Opens it, mm-hmm. and there is Mathis, and he looks like he's all beaten up. Cops are like, "Pull their guns I'm, right away." Ironically, he's the colonel's friend. Well, in theory, yeah, who he was just with at the party, laughing and having a good time, mm-hmm. and guess not. No, now he's beaten in the back of the trunk, and uh, Bond pulls him out. And as he's holding him up, the cops just shoot twice in, into into his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now Mathis is shot. Bond ends up killing both cops, and uh, Mathis is in the street. And they're like, "All right, we got to get him to a hospital." And he's just like, "No, he don't leave me. I'm dying. You know, just just stay here with me." And he's like telling Bond, "He's like, you know, Vesper loved you." please, I hope you forgive us. Can, can we forgive each other kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. And he has his closure, right? Um, and then Bond watches him die, picks him up and throws him in a dumpster. That's, uh, by the way, that part, I'm not okay with you doing that to me. I would care. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the hell is this about? He's like, yeah, he wouldn't care. But, you know, you think about it, though, the life that they have of their uh, material possessions, they ha- there's no there's no place for that in their lives with everything that just kind of comes and goes. They're married to the job more or less. Right. So they're going to go now check out this area of, of the desert, right? Where that, that, uh, that green's looking to get now, I don't know how this came about and, and, but all of a sudden they got this monster plane. What is this plane? Uh, I could tell you here in a second. Um, it is a Douglas DC three. Good Lord. It, it literally looks like an old patchwork type. You drop the, the, the atomic bomb in this thing, dude, this plane. Okay. So the, they're, they're flying this plane. They're looking over and they realize all of us. No, not even realize they're driving all of a sudden, like from above them, all this pop, 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 and they're being attacked by Bolivian fighter jets. So we had an opening with a car chase scene. Uh, that had, would be an, an Air Mach SF-260 fighter and a Bell UH-1 Iroquois helicopter. Good God. We had a car chase scene at the beginning, which was insane. We had a boat chase scene, which was insane. And now we have an airplane chase scene and dogfights. Not even dogfights, because it's not yeah, like they don't Bond have wasn't firing back. He was just kind of outmaneuvering and trying to like bully them in the air, right? Yeah, he was using physics in the end. Um. At least I would have to say anywhere between 2000 to 4,000 bullets penetrated bonds plane. Um, the, the body of the plane just got, looks like Swiss cheese. They blew out a couple of the engines, but bond still was able to destroy this outmaneuver this other plane. Like they were pod racers and just sent him to his fiery death. You know what I mean? Sweet. They made it. They're good to go. And nope. Here comes a helicopter. Now the helicopter's after them. <laughs> and mm. dude, it was insane. But they realized they they end up was it crash? It wasn't even crashing. It was like they went down into this. Yeah, went, I guess they did. They jumped. They basically out. did some evasive maneuvers and then he took it as high as he could possibly take it without it stalling. That's right. And then they he basically jettisoned them out the back because he was so steep. Yeah. That he gave, with all he the gave, cargo they went out. 
bag. He gave her a a a, a pack to a, um, a parachute, parachute. to put this on. And then he's looking for his, right? And then it was like, oh, crap, there isn't one. They both get sucked out. Now they're flying and falling, just free fall. They go all point break in this part. It was insane. I was like, holy crap, holy crap, what's happening here? Uh, He grabs her just in time, pulls the ripcord. The parachute opens just in time to slow their fall about five feet from the ground. And then they just Mm -hmm. hit the ground. Brody, bro. Point break, man. (laughs) Um. That's when they discover the that there is, as I like to say at work, fuckery afoot. Yes. So they are underground now. They realize they're under they're in these caverns underneath the desert. And as they're making their way through, Bond is like, holy shit, there's literally a river down here, this huge thing of water. And he realizes it's being dammed up. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. There's such a reservoir there because what would normally flow out into how the Bolivians and these towns are using this water. It's been stopped. It's been dammed, and it's, it's just backed up here. And he's like, Holy crap. It's not Mm -hmm. oil. It's water. Green is, is, is basically drying out everyone. And then he's, he's got, he's going to have the most, you know, expensive resource, the most wanted resource in this area right now. He's destabilizing everything. Exactly. They head back to, you know, the, the, the uh, hotel that he was staying at there. And when he gets there, M's there. M's pissed. And she is very pissed. She's like, you've done everything I've told you not to do. You've, you've, you've caused this, you caused that. And he's like, well, you know, how much are they? He's pissed at M too. He's like, I can't believe you. How, how could you sell yourself out? How much oil, how much are they giving you to do? He's like, you know, it's all about, it's not even about oil. And she's like, oh, if it's not, then what's this? She swings open the door and there's fields, butt naked on the bed, but completely drenched in oil. And then she says, do you know what the character's first name is? uh Oh, did they say strawberry? Stop. Is it really? She was a redhead. I that's hilarious, dude. Um, She's covered in oil, but M also lets him know that her entire stomach is full of it as well. They literally poured it down her throat and then covered her in oil drowned her in oil Mm -hmm. um she's like your badge your gun you know that old gimmick i want your badge and gun she's like you're basically your license is revoked you're no longer a devil low you can't do this blah 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 um we're set we're taking you we're escorting you back to to england so he's got three guys with him taking him to the elevator Mm -mm. and um come on dude this is james bond man you need like a conga line to like, you just need to walk them down the stairs a hundred people at a time in shackles and maybe you'll all live. Maybe, maybe, but yeah, he, he just destroys them, takes them all out. Like he's fucking captain America surrounded by Hydra agents, man. Mm-hmm. Um, That's kind of what this movie is. Yeah. He has the gun, right. Takes the gun and uh, takes off. And he ends up calling Felix. He's like, yo, you know, like, listen, we need to talk because how can you guys, how can you see, you guys know what you're doing? Do you guys understand what's happening here? And this is again, more of the the kind of information where Felix is talking about, like, 
look, we're talking a political stage now. Anytime decisions are made, it's not whether or not you're a nice guy. It's about what's best for your countries and what's the best for the world stage. You know what I mean? And sometimes you have to deal with villains and you have to make deals. And yeah, but he, Felix is also a realist. You could tell I mean, he just had the look of disdain on his face the yeah. whole time when they yeah. were, you know, when uh, Officer Harbor there was, yeah. you know, was uh, slobbering all over the uh, Bolivians. Yeah. And they just, they, they, they talk, by about the way, some... weren't Bolivians bad guys in back to the future. Was it the Bolivians? I think so. Bolivians or the, it might be, I think you might be right. Um, Libyans. It was the Libyans. Was it? Yeah. The Libyans. Um, anyway, so he Mandela meets... effect. <laughs> he's meeting with Felix and Felix is just like, this is what's happening. Uh, but he's also like, you know what, dude, he's, he, I like you bond. And so Bond's like, all right, how much longer do I have? Because obviously I know they're on their way, right? Like you've you've mm-hmm. hit the silent alarm. He's like, yeah, you got 30 seconds. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then like they're talking, they're talking, they're talking. He's like, Bond, you really need to go now. <laughs> and he does. He takes off while everybody storms in. They're chasing him down, but they're not going to get him. It's James Bond, bro. Now cut to the general basically getting his way. The cat, the police, all the police forces turn over their power to the general. And he's sitting in this, this hotel room or this hotel kind of banquet room. And, and uh, Mr. Green comes in. He's like, Hey, congratulations. Here's the paperwork. You sign this. This makes you the president. This makes you in charge of Bolivia. He's like, cool, cool, cool. He's signing that up. Then Mr. Green's like, also, I need you to sign this here. And the general's like, "Uh, what is this? And he's like, yeah, this is the contract for your utilities obviously this is you know, the bait and switch this is the utilities uh when your people are going to need water and now i hold the biggest reservoir of water in the country and uh this is what it's going to cost you he's like this is double than what we pay now he's like i know and he's Isn't like neat? <laughs> general's like well i could just kill you right now he's like you sure could he goes however just know that you weren't it didn't matter who was going to be here like you could go for it, but we still own this and you're still not going to get it. And he's like, oh, you son of a bitch. You have me. And he signs off on it. He was big mad then. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then so meanwhile, Bond and Camille are sneaking their way in. They're they're they're, uh, you know, coming in during this entire process is going on. Uh, Bond ends up killing the police chief for for betraying Mathis Um he starts fighting off and shooting off people and he confronts green. Uh, meanwhile, we've got Camille going after the, the general. She's just like, you kill my family. So this was the thing, right? She wanted to go after him. This movie is full of revenge and that was her revenge. Yeah. A whole bunch of vengeance happening in this movie. Uh, he, we found out earlier that the reason she wanted to go after him was because he killed her family set them all on fire and you know she was just like prepared to die yeah she was crazy she, she was ready to take him out so as they're as they there, there's this big fight happens between green and bond and the general and camille and the place starts going up in flames like they're shooting at things and and these these canisters are exploding oh it's because it's it's this weird building that has like um some sort it's of build on fuel cells. Yeah. Something like that. Right. Cause it's, it's, it's whatever. So like they're every time things are exploding, things going off, it's flames. And I realized here's another thing, dude. So in, in uh, the last one in casino Royale, our big 
ending our, our grand finale ending was all with water and water underwater mm. and water pouring down our big grand ending here is all fire this entire place is on flames they're they're you know they're they're doing this they're fighting blah 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 that makes sense we get to a scene where you know basically bond is beat he beats green and is ready to drop him right he's holding him by his hair over like this fiery pit of hell down there uh, mm. and he doesn't he doesn't drop him he ends up taking him saves camille they get out of there with this guy uh with green they interrogate him they want to know what's going on with him what's going on with quantum and uh then they take him out to the desert and say all right start walking that's all you're, you and and if you get thirsty here's a canister <laughs> of uh car engine oil and it looked like it looked like a, a monster energy drink, like a big can of monster energy drink. It's, it's like uh, Barbasol almost, or the kind of kind of looks like that, or like um, what is that, like Comet or Ajax, yeah. like the round metal can that you shake out and clean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't tell what it was, and I really didn't feel like standing up and looking at it when I was <laughs> watching the movie. Um, so we find out that uh, oh, so then he and he and Camille drive off and. Then they go their separate ways. You know, they, they share a kiss and she says something to him about she hopes that he can, you know, find his demons or put his demons to rest, which we know his demons are like Vesper. Vesper really affected him. And this whole thing um, with with her was, was something that's weighed on her mind. He's been wanting to avenge her death. Now, the way this movie ends, was there anything else that gave us that information? Cause I didn't, I didn't remember them saying anything about how her boyfriend, her lover was this guy and, and what he ends up being. Did that come up throughout this film? It was at the end it. of Casino Royale. Okay. When bond was, uh, when he had, after he tendered his resignation, got the money back and he was on the boat with, before he got the text that said for, for James, you know, yeah. the Mr. White thing. Um, it said that her boyfriend was some guy he was captured. And I would imagine that MI6 was doing some background research um, or some, some, yes, you know, some research in the background to find out that in fact, this guy is not who he presents or also yeah. who, what he presents that he was kidnapped or whatever. No, he's just parading around getting, getting secrets from different military and yeah. um, he's know, a member secret of organizations. Yeah. Yeah, he ends up being a, a member of Quantum. So at the end of this film, Bond travels to Russia. Uh, Vesper's lover, Yusuf, is there. And he's with another woman. And, and as they head to the, the apartment, there's Bond. He's got a gun. He pulls it on them, tells them to go sit down. And then he looks at the woman, and he's just like, so you work for um, uh, Canadian Intelligence, right? You're this and that. I bet you, 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 you came across him. He was charming, blah, blah, blah. And she's looking at Bond like, how in the hell does he know all this? Mm -hmm. Right. And it basically comes out that, yeah, this guy, quant this quantum member, Yusuf, is basically infiltrating, like you said, getting seducing these women agents, getting their secrets and using it against them. And that's what he did with Vesper. That's what he was doing now. So Bond says to this Canadian agent, you know, go ahead and leave. She leaves as she's leaving. I love it. She goes, thank you. And she just keeps going like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah. Um, Bond ends up taking him, uh, taking him to the NI six, right. Gets him arrested again. Doesn't kill, which is awesome. He's, mm -hmm. he's, he stays alive. Uh, and outside M's like, you know, 
how are you feeling? How, how's this? How's that? Then she goes, so, you know, they found Mr. Green out in the middle of the desert with a stomach full of car engine oil, but with two bullets to the back of the head. What does that mean, dude? Who killed him? Uh, whoever found him. His, oh, it, uh, it, just, it was kind of like how general? I get. Well, the general well, was not dead. The general, but his people or I guess it's whoever's above him, you know, indicating that there is oh, more quantum of this organization, quantum, be it Spectre, be it, you know, uh, oh, crap, another 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 agent uh, agency, whatever. Uh, but uh, or, or the locals. But if there were two in the back of the head, that's execution style. And and did they make him, uh, you know, did they make him drink the oil? Did they force it down his throat before he died, after he died? Well, I like it because uh, Bond said something that, like, I give you 20 minutes before you're drinking, drinking 20 that, miles. You know what I mean? Or oh, 20 miles, right? Uh, saying about how hot it was and how thirsty he could get. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dude. So that was this, this one, right? This wasn't as long as the other one, but it was still pretty intense uh, of a film. There was a lot happening. And because it's James Bond, there's got to be four or five threads happening at once with some you know backstabbing and treachery and uh and we get a lot of that in this entire uh plot i liked it i really did it didn't hit me as hard as casino royale only because casino royale was my first foray into bond right so it felt so like oh wow that's insane i like this one in that it seemed to go deeper now there's a lot more roots that are starting to spread out underground Mm -hmm. and it's like okay let me follow this what is quantum now why is this a thing right like um what happened to mr white because he got away right but he was also at the at the opera at that Mm -hmm. big opera thing when you saw uh bond going up the steps he was literally going up the steps down the row from where uh, white was and they didn't even notice each other Um, Or, or he didn't try to notice him true right so like where is he right and on top of it who else can you trust now because how many people like this was the uh m's bodyguard was her bodyguard for eight years Mm -hmm. so i liked it in that it grew the story and grew the kind of the the this world of james bond and spies and espionage and some more characters now that i don't know maybe they do show up a little later in these other movies um it just didn't have the new sense to me, but I still loved it. It was awesome. So they're, they're speaking to different plot threads and plot points and such. You know how he was, you know, when at the very end where he sees that uh, the Canadian uh, intelligence agent is wearing that necklace. He's oh, like, I got yeah. one too. A friend yeah. of mine had one. Yeah. He gave it to her too. Uh, there, uh, And then he, um, at, once he leaves the hotel, he throws it into the snow. Kind of indicates that he's kind of over Vesper. Or over, you know, he has his vengeance of sorts. Yeah. Um, which which also kind of speaks a little bit to uh what is it that that he um that he's not interested in possessions. I mean, he has nice things because he can afford them, because he also has to blend in with these uh what is it, white collar criminals. But it is um, funny that he like he does like the finer things because in this film, when he meets hotel, fields, yeah. <laughs> she's like, okay, our cover is that we are these teachers on holiday. Right. And then he's, they go to, Oh no, like, no, no. That they are teachers on holiday that just won the lottery. 
Well, that's what he says, right? But initially it's her and she takes him to this dingy hotel. He's like, ah, no. no. And then they go to the nice one. And that's when he says, we won the lottery. First but of so all, he does like the, the finer things. You know what I mean? First of all, what hotel room is that freaking big? I don't think my house is that big, by the way. <laughs> these are the ones that he goes to, dude. That's what I'm talking these about. These are hotels the that things. have these are hotels that have more stars than you can count. This is hotels that you're driving those Aston Martins and Alfa Romeos into. You know what I mean? These are hotels where the valets pay people to valet the cars. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah, dude. This was uh again. It, a lot happening with the plot, but this time it was easier to follow what the main kind of overall story was, which was basically this guy who was basically using somebody to get a hold of the resources, the water, right? Giving them what they got. They thought he wanted. This guy thought he wanted. Um, and then showing us kind of like how the political world works too in which like america's like that's fine we're cool with this we'll support the coup just give us some of that oil you know there's a lot of subterfuge with this one like oh we're gonna lead you to be- to believe that you think you're getting oil yeah and let you believe that but by the way the oil it's like um it's like oh yeah we've got gold you can have some of this gold in air quotes yeah Liquid gold. No, it's just water is the liquid gold. It's a metaphor to, uh, of sorts. But yeah, you could believe that you're going to get that. Sure, whatever. Also, Chris, this is a hotel that takes out insurance and that insurance company has to take out insurance. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is a hotel where... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is a hotel that has two phones in every room. This is a hotel Because the rooms where- are so big. They have an intercom. <laughs> In one big ass room. This is a hotel where you can have a woman covered in motor oil all over your sheets. That's it. That, that was it. In the next that room. was it. Yeah. That was it. That that's all. That's this hotel. No. Um, all right. So yeah, so that's our plot. Let's move into the cast. So the nice thing is, is we just talked about this movie, so we don't have to go too hardcore into the cast. Daniel Craig once again returns for James Bond, and he continues the same performance. You know what I mean? A little bit more, a little bit more tempered this time around. He's got a little bit more self control as the film goes on. We're watching him mature as a, as an agent, but uh, still the same smooth talker, still the badass fighter, still the um the rebel you know what i mean he's he's got mm-hmm. that kind of you're not going to tell me what to do you're not my real mom he's, he's young he's <laughs> brash yeah he's got a lot of uh he's got a lot of things that he hasn't yet learned yeah uh once again we have jame uh dame judy dench as m another great performance again that kind of you know she has a uh, she has that that kind of commanding presence as this as this authoritative m mm-hmm. um especially when she t- you know she cancels this shit she's like the mom that's just like cancel his credit cards you know mm-hmm. what i mean i'm cutting you off yeah um camille the bolivian agent um i liked her i really did like her i thought she did a pretty good job in the performance um, I remember at the beginning of the film, I'm like, what the hell's wrong with her back? Then we find out the story about the the, the fire and the burning and all that stuff. Um, I thought she was good. I thought she played this really well. And uh, it was awesome. Awesome performance. Interestingly, she is, uh, what is she, Ukrainian French. 
Yeah. And was in a horrid, her first uh, success in the role of the uh, is Nika Bar- Bar- Baronina. Nika, let's just go with that, in the mm-hmm. video game Hitman. That's not a good movie. Um, and she also played Taskmaster in the Black Widow movie. I did not realize that that was the same actress. Oh, wow. I did not either. Holy cow. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, she did good. I was going to say, because there was a, there was a few scenes in here where she had to show some martial arts skills, uh, mm-hmm. some fighting. And I mean, knowing now that she was Taskmaster, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, she did a good job. I thought she was good. Yeah, she was born under Ukrainian Soviet rule. Wow. In uh, what year was that? 1979. So there's a whole lot of communism going on there until she moved. There you That's go. probably, yeah, to Paris. Giancarlo Gianni's back as Renee Mathis. Again, he's not in, on it as much this time, uh, but he's Mathis. He plays the character the same. His death scene is touching. It's kind of like, you know, that last moment of like, I just want to be, I want to make sure we're good before I'm gone. Yeah, I think he, he was serviceable to the plot. It was nice to see that there was, you know, there was, um, I, I think his his involvement in this movie helped Bond really begin to forgive himself and, and kind of remove himself from these attachments um, or hanging on to, to unnecessary attachments. Yeah. Uh, Gemma, Gemma Arterton plays Strawberry Fields, MI6 <laughs> agent. Um interesting she wore a red wig Mm. in this in this and i thought it was a wig when i was looking at her hair i was like what's wrong with her hair is she wearing a wig is this for real is this like a? is she a spy Uh, apparently she was wearing a wig well she also is not a spy she was an office worker yeah um oh really they said she was an mi6 agent here uh well she works at the british consulate in bolivia yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. An MI6 says, agent works Millie, as a British consulate in Bolivia. Feels yeah, merely an office, an office worker. worker. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's how M describes her. She's just an office worker. Uh, it's funny though that they called her Strawberry Fields, and not once was she named, said uh, said Strawberry in there, huh? Well, uh, and she kept saying, "Oh, it's just Miss Fields. You can refer to me as Miss or Fields." Okay, dude. <laughs> this guy, Elvis. Okay, that was the character name. Anatole Tobman, he was the second in command for Green. The guy that for the longest time, I'm like, what is with his Lloyd Christmas haircut? Exactly. We find out later that it's a toupee. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, is like, like, was that written in the script? Because that is that, you know what I mean? Or is that just something that they did as, hey, let's have this be my character. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it seems so out of place for him to fall down the stairs and then all of a sudden his hair fall off. It oh, felt dude, that it, was great. It was great, but it didn't seem like a James Bond scene. Like it just didn't seem to fit in a James Bond movie. Well, okay. So there's always <laughs> the, the villains always have henchmen. Yeah. I mean, the most, the most, uh, uh, I think the most famous one is, uh, what's his name? Blofeld. He's a driver. He also has a top hat that he can throw like Kung mm-hmm. Lao and yeah, yeah. Uh, chop your head off uh jaws is another one maybe i'm marrying those two together the characteristics together unintentionally um but like okay he's got his things about him like every you know like everybody in a bond film 
Oh, okay. I'm seeing it here right now. So yeah, apparently Tubman, the actor, wanted to make Elvis a colorful, as edgy, and as interesting as possible with one of his suggestions being the bowl cut. Mm-hmm. So who's uh, Amalric? Who's that guy? Amalric. I would imagine he's the director. Oh, no, it's actually Dominic Green. So Dominic, the guy who plays Dominic Green and the guy who plays Elvis oh. Tubman, it says that they improvised a backstory that he is Dominic's cousin and once lived on the streets before being inducted into quantum. He called Elvis a bit of a goofball. He thinks he's all that, but he's really not. Um, he definitely takes himself very serious, but maybe he's taking himself too serious. Um, yeah, dude, it's just, uh, it, that was such a funny, like I was laughing. I'm like, okay, so it's not a real haircut. Uh, but then I was like, that's such a weird scene for that to be in a 007 movie. Um. And then we have Dominic Green, okay, our main villain of the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, played by Matthew Amalric. He's French. They said that one of the things I read was this is one of the films uh, that they wanted to make sure that this villain didn't have something of a physicality that set him off, right? So, like, Lashif has the bleeding eye. And mm. you could probably name off on every finger all the different other villains that have something, you know, physically that that stands out or makes them their the villain, right? Wait till you get to there's uh, I think it's Spectre, which is the next Craig one. Okay. That villain is, uh, oof, you're just like, damn, I want him to be the good guy. <laughs> really? Like he's so charismatic. You're just like, I get it, I get it completely. <laughs> you're pulling for him. Um, but basically he's a member of quantum that poses as the environmental thing. Right. Um, I thought he was cool, dude. I love this guy. He has his, he had a weird kind of look just enough to where you look at him and you go, of course you're the villain, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a, this physical thing. It was just kind of the face had this look to it. Oh, and the hair. Yeah. The hair. Yes. Let's not forget that. That's the, just like looks greasy and slimy and toxic. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he did a great job though. This actor, I thought this was a really, really good performance as, as the villain. Mm -hmm. Oh, most definitely. David Harbor before his stranger things shoot to stardom Mm -hmm. Um, serviceable in this, in, in this, in this role, he's supposed to play this kind of this agent who has no qualms with some of the things he's got to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's just like, all right, well, we got to make hay while the sun shines. And how can we, what's, what's our, how can we make this work yeah. for us? What's it? What are you going to do for me type thing? Jeffrey Wright back again. This one, he seemed a little bit different as Felix Leiter. This one, he seemed a little bit more grizzled, if that makes sense. There was a little bit more of a kind of an edge to the way he was, he was acting. Well, he was also in South America and getting in bed with, Oh, you know, true. The villainous type. So he didn't like what in, I guess also he didn't think he had as much uh, stroke in the game like he did in at a hand of poker. Yeah, true, true. Uh, but he was awesome, dude. I love, I love Jeffrey, mm-hmm. right? As I said before, uh, the guy who played the general Joaquin Cosio. Uh, okay. I was super believing he was a general. He totally mm-hmm. looked like that general part. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's old. And I mean, that's pretty much, uh, qualification number one Bolivian. You know, you have to be he was older. Bolivian yeah. or Spanish or speak Spanish uh, super aggressive yes 
and super toxic. Oh man, it was great. Um, so I thought he was good too, dude. Uh, and then we have some other people like, let me see who else was a big deal at the end. The guy who plays Yusuf, mm-hmm. um, he's not in it long, but again, you know, not I think bad. he's talked about more than he's actually in the movie. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, dude, that's the film, man, that, that these are all the actors and actresses in this film. And again, for me, the performances were great in terms of like nothing took me out of it. Well, that's not true. There was that mo again, the, the toupee was a little weird, but other than that, like top performances by all of these actors, actresses, you know, when it came time to be serious, there was, or, you know, dramatic, there was dramatics when there was fear on the faces, you could see it. Uh, pain looked like they were really in pain um, unless they were no selling stuff, which was part of the movie. Uh, it was good, dude. I, I thought the the performances were great. Yeah. And, and just to lend a little bit more to the story in total, Dominic Green's character is mentioned in the next movie, Skyfall. Oh, nice. Uh, as and confirms that. So here's a spoiler alert that, in fact, Quantum is a subsidiary group, uh, a splinter group, splinter would not be the right word, uh, a, a subsidiary of Spectre, which gotcha. is the overarching um, uh, James Bond villain they're the their claw yes they are claw um have Hydra. i told you the did i i think i mentioned it last time did i tell you the theory about inspector gadget and how did you want yeah. to hear this yeah the did real I? inspector gadget yeah 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 I, I didn't i couldn't remember if i told you that yeah it's awesome uh all right dude let's get into the sound the music the score Score, great great score again just kind of like they did in casino royale it fits it's it's orchestral it's a lot of intense stuff um you know when when we have action sequences it is just on it's intense you know your blood's like pumping your heart's elevated it just works um you know there's the little hints of the james bond theme throughout mm-hmm. um and then different the th- keys different tempos yeah, yeah. And done by the same guy yeah. by the way, as, as the previous movie. And then the end, when we get that classic James mm-hmm. Bond theme, how much I love when I heard that. And you get the the, the barrel at the end as yes. well. Yes, that's and awesome. not the beginning this time. But the beginning, like I said, when we started, I was very kind of let down by the, the, the main theme song for this film. Another Way to Die. And isn't that isn't that isn't that a, isn't that another James Bond movie? Another way to die. That's no time to die. Is the no most is the uh, 2021 or another they, day to die or something. Um, there's a, a good day to die hard. That's a, no, that's a die hard movie. What are you talking about, Sean? <laughs> um, no, there was a uh, there there is a James Bond movie. The the recent one, like I said, is called um, No uh, what, No Time to Die or something like yeah. that. So let me ask you something. What does Eon and non-Eon films mean? So that's the production company. Okay. Eon films were the ones that for, except for like two or three times, two or three movies had the rights to all of Ian Fleming's books and, uh, you know, uh, ones that he wrote and the future ones. And there was this whole big thing. Um, and then somehow, some way they got them back. I, I read it a long time ago. Gotcha. There was some to do and i guess who didn't care about it yeah so yeah for me dude 
I'm a, I am a fan of Jack White. I am. Alicia Keys is a great, you know, vocalist, great musician in her own right. This theme song, though, so like the last one we had was Chris Cornell. So again, it was a modern artist. However, the actual music was sounded like a James Bond song, sounded like a James Bond theme. This one didn't. It didn't until probably two thirds of the way through the song when the orchestra kicks in, the horns kick in at a certain point. But overall, I was just like, this does not feel like James Bond. And then when they kept singing the the chorus of this song, I kept thinking to myself, typically when they have a, a specific chorus, it does isn't it the name of the movie you're watching? Not Normally, always. It feels uh, well. It felt like it for me. Like "Live and Let Die" was "Live and Let Die," right? Isn't uh, there was a few other ones? I feel like that were. I mean, Goldfinger. Yes. Um, I don't think there was one called Doctor No. Doctor No. Da, I mean, Doctor Love, da, but you know they call me Doctor Love. Uh. But anyway, yeah, it was it was weird for me. I wasn't. I was not that much of a fan of this James Bond theme for this movie. And it just felt weird that they kept saying singing a phrase that felt like the name of another movie. That's why I was like, wait a second. Huh? That is good on the uh, good meter Nah. All right, let's get into special effects. There weren't any. Just uh, double what we saw in the last one, it felt like. It felt like they were everywhere in this film with all the different action sequences. The special effects were crazy explosions, you know, um, they have to be, you know, guns blasting all kinds of blood, uh, you know, just it was great, dude. It was great special effects, great act, action sequences. However, <laughs> bro, this opening car chase, okay. The beating that his car took, not just the bu- bullets, okay. Let's pretend that all of the bullets failed to hit any main fluid lines, any main, mm-hmm. you know, uh, containers of, of accelerant, anything, nothing. It, it just missed everything that would destroy the car anyway. Right. Well, Chris, that's the, beauty. The tires. that's the beauty of MI6 and their quartermaster group. They reroute all the vital, all the vital lifelines of a vehicle anywhere, but where you would think it would be. So the gas tank, we're going to put it in the middle of the hood. We see him bashing up against other vehicles, against the walls of this tunnel and then the little area that they're in. All we just see the shit beat out of this car, smashes, spins, does this whole thing. By the time he's pulling up to where he's gonna meet with M, like we get a full view of his the car's body. Those fenders are perfectly in like there's no dents whatsoever. No dents. None, not a dent on the car. There's bullet you know, holes, there's scratches, there's all this other stuff on it, but not a dent. But you don't have that kind of feature in your car? What the what the fuck is he, is he Batman, dude? What is this, the, the new Batmobile? It's self-repairing. Insane. In- Come on, Chris. Insane, dude. Insane. Hey, get your head out of your ass and realize <laughs> that. <laughs> but overall, dude, again, like I said, when I saw the first one, it was like, you have to suspend belief in reality with some of this stuff because like some of it's just way off the wall but it was awesome it's still awesome to watch right like the chase scenes through across the across the 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 rooftops which what are those terracotta is that what those rooftops are called those 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 tile things i think they're called shitty and i would never own a house that had one that's as much as i know about it i just want you to realize that these two men 
are running across, not even two, Bond is running across these clay tiled roofs with dress shoes. Dress shoes. You you don't think that super grip dress shoes. (laughs) Yeah, they're like moon shoes is what they are. They're like those ones. They're like the Mission Impossible ones. Not a slip. Not a slip. Well, I mean, he did slip a little bit. Yeah, there were some slips. Um, but overall, the special effects to me were were awesome. Nothing. Well, it did. I think the only thing that did look kind of even green screeny was when they were doing the free fall. Like there was certain shots you could tell was a free fall when you saw the close up of of Daniel Craig. And it looks like maybe they filmed him over one of those kind of indoors, you know, things with the fan that goes underneath you so that you can kind of, you know, float there. It looks like they filmed him in something like that. Uh, but overall, everything else about this film, as crazy as some of these stunts were, the plane chases, the explosions, the gun, all that stuff, the, I thought it was awesome. The plane starting to starting to pull apart when they when they were going way yeah. up at that at that angle. That was cool. I, I, also, I don't believe that that was a hundred percent practical. <laughs> practical. I think that was a little CG think, there yeah, too. I would think so, but it looked great, man. Like it looked mm-hmm. so good. It wasn't like, oh, that's hokey, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I mean, it, it just started to come apart like you would expect a plane to do. Yeah, but probably more CG than than most things. What about for you? Anything else on the special effects that stood out? Um, nothing that that really caught my eye. Is like, oh, this is awful. Yeah, yeah. Production on these films, these two films so far, were tops for me. I thought they were did really, really good job. These whoever's producing these films. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, it, it, they have to look good because the fan, I mean, it's no different than the Sonic the Hedgehog first trailer. <laughs> the, I mean, people will talk that will say things like, well, that looked like dog shit. And who the hell do you think you're fooling? You're made Bond into a insert, whatever key yeah. freight or whatever phrasing is used uh, of the moment. Nice. Um, all right, dude, let's get into our final thoughts on this one. You want me to go first again, since this was my sure. first time? Is this your, how many times have you seen this? The same as the other one? Uh, probably two, maybe three times. Okay. Quantum of Solace. I enjoyed it. I really did like this one as well. And again, it solidified it. It solidified the fact that, yes, I definitely do enjoy 007 films because it's not just the this updated Daniel Craig version. Like I said, I'd like to see some of the old ones because I know it's not going to be as modern and as you know clean looking as these. However, I like the idea of them. I like the spy game. I like the espionage. I like the world stage, the politics. I like the you know, I like the action sequences as over the top as they are. I like the the fights. I like the villains. I like everything about this whole thing and i guess i can understand why people are into you know james bond and 007 for for the people who are into it i can see why um this is again a movie like i said earlier it was it was i liked it because not only did it take what i just kind of got into in the last film and and learned and kind of dipped my toe into this world now i'm kind of submerging under the water and seeing what else there is and it's just building I know what they're doing now because these are the early days, right? But it's kind of building what we already know of the mythos. Like we, you know, I got introduced to Felix now instead of as an established character in other films. You know what I mean? I got introduced to um, just the kind of brash bond as he's developing into a more refined, more self-controlled bond. 
Um, and I'll be interested to see how far that continues to go in these next few films that he's still uh, this, that follow this storyline or this bond in this time. Um, you know, action sequences. This one just took the last one and said, let's turn it up a few notches. Right. Because the last one had a lot of scenes where I was just like, holy cow, this is insane. And this one, like I said before, car chase to boat chase to plane chase. Like that was insane insane so i think next one what are they going to do take hold of a cruise liner a bunch of cruise liners going off at it they're going to go in shuttles or something into space uh no but they're going to make javier bardem the villain oh really oh man yes so are we, so the next time we revisit bond are we just going to go right to that next one whatever the next one is we, we I mean, might as well right yeah let's just finish sense. up the, the daniel craig ones and then we'll go back and go through like the sean connery ones and the timothy dalton ones and yeah it'd be good times anyway so yeah dude i loved it um for me another great great film uh, a great installment in this what i'm learning to be a, a really interesting and awesome character so uh i'm gonna this is the same as the last well you know what i don't think so i think the last one i liked a little bit more because it was new for me um this one steps it up a few notches but I'm not going to say, but you know what it is. It's on the same level. So what did I give the last one? 4.5. I'll give this one a 4.5 so. uh, motor oil canisters. So I'm going to really piss you off right here. <laughs> so this, this, uh, the film was nominated for best original score, best original songs, best vi- visual effects, sound editing at the 2008 satellite awards, winning best song. So everybody but Chris Chavez, Alicia Keys and Jack White. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like a Bond song to me. I don't know why. It just doesn't have the DNA of a Bond song. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, um, it's different, but like, yeah, the Chris Cornell one really does, does ruin you because it's so good. Um, So, so as far as this, this movie goes, this is the second Daniel Craig movie. I think the story is, I mean, you compare it to Casino Royale, which a lot of people do hold up as the best Bond vil- the best Bond film for action and for Daniel Craig. Um, you know, but a lot of people will still say that Sean Connery is their Bond because he was the first official right. Bond. Um, I mean, I really like Daniel Craig as Bond. He was the first Bond that I had seen, but like it's a lot of people compare it to the two of them are, you know, one and two or two, you know. One, yeah. one, you know, they, they've waffled back and forth depending on what they've seen. Um, but yeah, the movie does grip you right away. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of, and, and it, let's be honest, it's, uh, these movies are adrenaline rides. The, the stories are dense and layered. This one, not as much story, but also dense and about an hour shorter, which yeah. is good. But I thought that the story was less engaging in this one compared to casino Royale, but just overall, I mean, even watching it in a vacuum, um, you know, I did find myself looking away periodically and, and, you know, I've always thought that about this movie. It's not as good, I think as casino Royale, but it's also not as compelling overall, um, you know, not, not comparatively, but you know, there are some interesting sequences, you know, that, that happen probably at the right time in the movie. So it makes the pacing really good. Uh, and, and, you know, the second you're like, Oh, what are we doing again? Oh, there's a dog fight with, yeah. uh, with a plane that doesn't have any guns. 
And yeah, it feels like you're every few minutes is like, oh, we're back into another action sequence. Here we go. Yeah. The next one is probably the best of the I've seen four of the Craig movies, so I haven't seen the new one yet, but it is probably the bet the second best of the Daniel Craig mythos, nice. uh, as it were. It's this one is basically what if M had a lot of skeletons? Ah, gotcha. And the fourth one is what if Bond had a lot of bullshit that was catching up to him? Oh, interesting. And I haven't seen the fifth one, like I said. But, um, and you do learn a lot more lore of M and of um, Bond in the fourth and fifth ones. Interesting. Um, but I mean, the third one is just, I'm sorry, the third and fourth ones. Uh, but there is just a lot of greatness that does happen in Skyfall, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, I'm not comparing this one to that one as much as, you know, just watching this one in a vacuum. And, you know, this one, I, I think I got to go a little, a little less than, than, uh, than you on this one. I think, uh, you know, overall with, I mean, the effects were great. The story was great. Just not as the story was good. Not as great as others. Um, but it was like, it was not as much of a roller coaster. It, it was no uncut gems. Um, but it was, I mean, that's exhausting, but, uh, I think I got to go with a flat four on this one. Um, just because it's a little, for me, it's a little less bond than mm. what bond to me is. Um, yeah, that's it. So, so respectable. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I'm into it, dude. I'm into James Bond and I'm into the, the, the films. Um, yeah, I might, I might watch some of the older ones before we even like do it for the show, just to kind of check them out and see what they're like. I don't want to hit any more of the Daniel Craig ones until we do it for the show. I'll watch those ones fresh, but yeah, I'm definitely interested in checking out some other, other bond movies now. So, um, cool. So next week, uh, what's our next bond film? No, <laughs> we're not doing bond next week. We're doing, a we could we're slowing it down a little bit. We're not going so intense with dog fights and, and burning buildings and burning water buildings and you know the whole schmear we're doing it a little easier a little, little easy listening little uh little do work at your own pace little we're gonna, uh we're gonna concentrate on on catching house flies with chopsticks take it back to uh are you saying take it back to a um a simpler time take yeah. it back to a time where you could go to a halloween party dressed as a bathtub yeah isn't that um, the best as a, a shower or whatever it is and he gets and then, water dumped on him and then the and then the the skeletons just the the, the body spandex gets beat up beat up by skeletons so awesome yes we're talking about the classic karate kid hey, wouldn't a fly swatter be easier man who catch fry with chopstick accomplish anything you ever catch one not yet. Can I try? If wish. Look! Look! 
you begin a luck. And I'm not talking about no Jaden Smith Mm-mm. karate kid. Hillary Swank. We're talking Ralph the Man Macchio. But at the time, he was just a little boy. He's a little from boy. New Jersey. Little boy from New Jersey. Uh, at least Daniel, Daniel LaRusso. Daniel was. LaRusso, right? <laughs> Did you forget until I just said it? Yeah, dude, that's awesome. You didn't have dude. that cute. You didn't have that chambered up. Oh, man. Oh, I can't wait to watch it again. Like I said before, we started this tonight. I think I've probably been at least 15, maybe 20 years since I've seen it last. So it's going to be interesting. I hope, I hope I'm not going to come back and have it ruined the way Never Ending Story was. Because I like <laughs> Never Ending Story still, again, I, and I'd enjoy it. I watch it in a, in a way that I enjoy it with, with like nostalgia. But to watch it with the critical eye and say, was this actually a great film? It's like, uh, well, I hope I can come back and, and say the same about Karate Kid. I, I have a funny story for you when next week, when we, when we do this again, because nice. yeah, there's a, there's a, the, the Anthony in my life had a Karate <laughs> Kid revelation. <laughs> that's gonna be awesome i can't wait to talk about it all right guys listen thanks so much for listening to uh our show we appreciate all the support make sure to um i don't know find us on all this the, the streaming services and and comment and rate us and you know do all that stuff uh we'll be back next week with karate kid until then sean you have anything else you want to tell the people before we head out uh yeah i'm going to the airport tomorrow and at the airport, they still make you wear masks and be smart and safe. Oh, yeah. The, until mid I, I think it is until the day after I get back is the federal mandate. So now when you go after that, will you still wear masks? Are you going to be like now? Are you going to be like, you know what? I think I'm good now. It depends on how busy of a place I'm in. Yeah, I get you. And I mean, being a superior uh, athlete and someone who has, um, I guess, proved because he never knew that he had COVID being who is superiorly vaccinated uh, and not knowing I had COVID. uh, I may be a little safer, but then again, I got, I I was down for the count last week for a day and a half because little kids had boogers coming out of their mouths. (laughs) So you never know. Yeah, exactly. Just wear your damn masks, huh? That's probably not a bad idea. If you are, if you feel safe and uncomfortable, if you feel safe, great. If you feel uncomfortable, put it on. Yeah. It's okay. Nobody's going to beat you up for it. Yeah. But no. if you're wearing jean shorts, especially cutoffs, then they will. And that's okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know where that came from. Uh, <laughs> I think Daniel LaRusso wears them. There you go. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Uh, until then, it is now time to unsilence your phones. <laughs> <laughs>